0: These practices that give us life children's times are showstoppers. How do you, like, how do I follow worm poop and baking banana bread? Or what, 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 it wasn't banana bread. Brownies, it was brownies, that's right, it was chocolate. Even more hard to follow than banana bread. And Judy, the dog. It's amazing. Not all goodbyes are created equally I recall a silver geo tracker <clears throat> and his name was Tommy Tracker if you're interested fading into the distance It was the last time that I saw my beloved aunt for many years Watching her drive away I did not know that it was the last time I would see her for a decade or more But I would return to that memory of the disappearing tracker over and over again as I wondered where she had gone and what had gone wrong. I didn't even get a proper goodbye, just a lackluster memory of the tail end of her car named Tommy. A number of years ago now, while working a 12-step program, she came to visit me and make amends. She's quite a few years sober now, and I'm grateful, very glad for her. And yet that terrible goodbye, watching Tommy Tracker disappear into the distance and then revisiting it for a decade or more after, a terrible goodbye can never be undone, in part because while we've said several more goodbyes since that one now, and I'm certain we'll say several more goodbyes in the future, That terrible goodbye was the final goodbye of our relationship as it was then. Our relationship as it can never fully be restored in the same way, even though there is healing, a particular way of being aunt and niece is gone forever. I also recall a long, quiet night sitting next to my grandma. I told her that I loved her, assured her that I knew she loved me, even though she had never said so in words. I read from the Psalms. Occasionally I prayed or blessed her or reassured her that it was okay for her to die now, that her work on earth was done. And just before daybreak, she finally breathed her last. I'd had years during her dramatic decline in health, to say what I needed to say to her. And she's quite a few years dead now. And the preciousness of spending that last night with her, of bidding her farewell, will always be one of my greatest treasures. Not all goodbyes are created equally. And because of this, because of some of these dramatic goodbyes in my own life, I try my best to take care with my leave-taking, perhaps because I've known the sting of unsatisfactory final goodbyes that I didn't know at the time were final goodbyes. I'm arguably a bit hyper-vigilant about this, so when I experience an unsatisfying goodbye with John or with other dear friends, When I'm angry for some reason as I'm leaving, or there's some unresolved tension in the air, I almost always call for a do-over goodbye, or I text um, or send a message reassuring dear ones that I love them. I try to take care with my leave taking precisely because not all goodbyes are created equally, and precisely because we don't always know when a particular goodbye will be our last. And perhaps that's a bit too macabre a term for some of you, but for me, this awareness that any any goodbye could be the last is a blessing. I take better care of my goodbyes because of that awareness, and I'd like to think that in turn allows me to take better care of my beloveds. Not all goodbyes are created equally. Our two readings for this morning tell the story of a leave-taking between Jesus and his closest companions, the disciples. And in their final goodbye, Jesus reminds them of his understanding of the scripture, all the things that they had talked about in their years of traveling together. He encourages them, specifically he encourages them to bear witness to what they have seen and what they have heard while they were journeying with him. And he implores them to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit. Then he leads them to a beautiful place. He raises his hands to bless them. And while blessing them, he withdraws from them and is carried up into heaven. Jesus takes his leave, having reminded, encouraged, and blessed his friends. So on the scale of goodbyes, I'd say this one ranks pretty good. There's two versions of this story and we got to hear both of them this morning. And the story in Acts follows fairly closely, at least the broad arcs, the broad strokes, the story from Luke. But there's, well, there's a couple of exceptions, but one notable exception that I'm gonna explore this morning Acts introduces two unknown men into the scene. Here's an excerpt from that Acts version of the story. When Jesus had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, People of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. People of Galilee say these two strange men. Why do you stand there looking up at heaven? And I really like this added touch in the Acts version of the story because it highlights the ludicrousness of remaining in the moment of goodbye, of staying in the goodbye. In almost every artistic depiction of the Ascension, this strange tale of Jesus being subsumed into heaven. And I did—I looked at a bunch of images this week from uh, frescoes to mosaics to stained glass windows. In almost every one, Jesus is levitated above the ground a little or a lot, and in several cases, Jesus' feet are visible, and these are some of my favorites, where it's just his feet, like his little toes coming through a cloud. (laughs) In almost every artistic depiction of this scene, the disciples are craning their necks to look up. Now, I've been in that position before. I think of a beach in Riley, Thailand, where John and I had the great pleasure of traveling a number of years back with our friends Jason and Brooke. And hawkers on the beach were selling large paper lanterns that could be lit and then released to fly away. It was only later that I thought about the environmental impact of this, so we're just not even (laughs) gonna go there this morning. Noted. Eventually, the fire burns out, but not until the floating lantern is extremely high and out of sight. So when Brooke decided that she wanted to light one, she and John set about the two-person task of holding, lighting, maneuvering, and then eventually releasing the lantern. And it floated further and further away. All four of us, as well as many bystanders, stood gazing up, craning our necks to watch the lantern float up and away, eventually squinting against the black of the night sky. The light becomes so distant and so faint that you're not really sure of the precise moment when it finally burns up. We all kept watching because we weren't sure for a long time whether we could still see it or not. And if we were still perhaps seeing it, we didn't want to look away and miss a single moment of it. I had a similar experience with the eclipse last year when you're just watching. Is there a little bit there? Is it gone? If it's still there, I want to keep watching it. I don't want to look away until it's actually done. And it's into that sort of craned neck and raptured moment that two strange men show up, breaking into the reverie with their question. People of Galilee, why do you stand looking towards heaven? The lamp has burned out. Jesus has gone. Why crane your necks a single moment longer? The goodbye has come and gone. You cannot remain in the goodbye. At long last... You must walk away from it. You must turn your faces to the things of this earth, toward the things and the people waiting for you on the path ahead. The Gospel of Luke was written by a community that was living in the what now moment. After Jesus had gone for good, This community was faced with processing Jesus' absence. How would they carry on? And the community answers its own question in this story. Not by gazing into the sky, longing for his return, or wishing the hands of the clock could somehow be turned back, but by finally lowering their arms that were stretched toward the heavens, Lowering their gazes to those who were nearby, and going forth from that place. Sent. Sent to live as a resurrection people. Sent not to forget and move on, but to bear witness to their encounter with Jesus. To witness how it had changed them, how it had changed their understanding of God, and how it had changed their sense of mission in life, and their understanding of what it meant to be community together. And we are faced with a couple of goodbyes ourselves, ourselves this morning. First, Pete and Pat Logaway are headed off toward a pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago as a way to kick off their retirement, and we're going to have a chance to be able to bless them and send them. Thankfully, it's not a final goodbye. <laughs> and this is our last Sunday with Emily as our administrator. Do y'all know that? This is it. During this week, Lee Murray will be in the office for three days, overlapping with Emily as the baton is passed from one incredibly gifted hand to another. Thanks be to God. And thank goodness this is also not a final goodbye with Emily, who is retiring from work life and departing our staff, uh, but not leaving our community. Also, thanks be to God. Still, we want to take care with our leave-taking, as modeled by Jesus, by remembering, encouraging, and blessing. That's what he did as he was leaving his friends. And I meant to pull my bring this book up. So, Emily, a blessing that I shared with you earlier this week, but now in the presence of the whole community and people of Galilee, raise your hands in blessing. In the leaving and in the letting go, let there be this to hold on to at the last, the enduring of love, the persisting of hope, the remembering of joy, the offering of gratitude, the receiving of grace, the blessing of peace. May God bless you and keep you, Emily. May the very face of God shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God's presence fill you in these days of your retirement and give you peace. Amen. Let's thank Emily. So we take care with our leave-taking, and at the last, as with any leave-taking, all of us will be invited to stop craning our necks to see that which is already gone, and instead to lower our gaze to those nearby and go forth from the place sent, sent to live as a resurrection people, sent not to forget and move on, but to bear witness to our shared encounters with God to witness how those encounters of one another and God have changed us and how they've changed our sense of mission or purpose or direction in life. Not all goodbyes are created equally. The good ones are followed by the exquisite gift of storytelling, telling the good news of what God has done among us and within us in which we share how the relationship helped to shape us in new ways, in which we bear witness to God's work among us and through us. So people of Seattle Mennonite Church, why do you stand looking towards heaven? (laughs) You are witnesses of these things. Receive the Holy Spirit and go. Not literally at this moment. That'll come later. Amen and amen.